Welcome to the Christian Coach Podcast, where our mission is to serve coaches through conversations so they can lead like Jesus. I'm Jim Lemmy, and I'm joined by my co-host, Chad Simpson. Hey, Chad. Hey, hey Jim. Chad, I'm going to go right off the bat and admit that I made a terrible, terrible mistake. Okay. Today's guest. What was that? His name is Mike Shaw. And the entire and how do you interview, spell that? S-H-O-W. Man. And the entire time, I called him Mike Show. So. Well, I think we all could have made that mistake, G-Man. I, it was terrible. I felt so bad at the end of the interview. He was so gracious to me and explained to me that it was Shao, not Show. Um, but today's guest has been one of the most requested guests in the entirety of our, of our program, Chad, we reached out to Twitter and asked for um, recommendations and we got dozens of people recommending Coach Shao. And so I had the opportunity to sit with him and talk with him and it was such a blessing. Yeah, I, I loved it. Um, as I listened through, um, a big theme that you can hear in his voice is just uh, the toughness factor as a Christian coach. And uh, I really am applying that to, to parenting and just to my team, even though we're, we're coaching tennis, we love the battle, we love the toughness. And, and sometimes uh, our players are, aren't coming in so, so tough. Um, and so that's a big Big thing that we need to, to train up, but uh, we're ready to get into this interview. Coach Shao coming to you right now. Coach Show, thank you so much for being on the podcast. You were one of the most requested guests when we put it out there on Twitter a few weeks ago, who we should invite on the podcast. We had dozens of people uh, write to us. You got to have Coach Show in there. So I'm just so thankful that you took the time to be here today. Um, it, thank you for the opportunity to be a part of your podcast. Um, we we like to start every episode with a question. What does it mean to you to be a Christian coach? It's a great opportunity to show an unbelieving world something to believe in. It's a great way to teach a sport, whatever sport it may be, and teach life principles based upon biblical principles. Um, one of the things, you know, we looked at our program when, when I had the opportunity to coach here uh, at Baptist Bible College. Um, we wanted to teach our guys to bring honor and glory to God in everything they did. The Memphis practice games didn't matter what they did in the dorm. Uh, we wanted to teach them to deny themselves. That's countercultural to today. Yep. And then we wanted to teach them to lead by serving. Not serving themselves, but serving other people. You know, that's countercultural today, too. Yep. Um, just a great opportunity to build relationships with people through the love of a game. But teach biblical principles in the same hand. Um, that builds long-lasting relationships. Yeah. Yeah. I think sports is probably one of the best avenues to minister um, yes. just because sports is everywhere. Everyone is yes. aware of it. Um, and people I think. People can relate. Yeah. And, you know, um, people have opinions of what a Christian is. Yeah. Um, my, my boys, my, own, my wife and I have six kids. They play high school football. And I say, 
hit kids so hard you shake the fillings in their teeth. You know, but help them up. You should play with us. You should hit them so hard with a smile because you're worshiping. I think what well, was being a Christian coach to teach people to use the gifts that they've been given to worship God with those gifts. I cannot. I can sing, but you wouldn't want to listen to me sing. Yeah, because it doesn't sound nice. <laughs> but man, I could play sports back in the day, and I and I can coach. And yeah. that's worship to God. Yeah, teach people that we used to. You know, before we started practice. Get alone. Get every, every guy would get alone for five minutes and get your heart right with God because we're going to worship. Nice. That's a great idea. <laughs> That's a great idea. Um, let's go back now to a young Mike. Um, give us give us a little bit of your backstory, of your life story, where yeah. you grew up, and um, now how you ended up now at Clark Summit being the golf coach. That's something that coaches might not be aware of is that you've coached many different sports already in your career. And I want to get into that, but later on, I want to get to the beginning now. So um, I was not born into a Christian home, but my father accepted Christ when I was a little kid. And that changed his life. I don't remember the man that was, I hear stories. My dad's the oldest of three boys from Southwestern Pennsylvania, outside of Pittsburgh. Tough. Um, I made a profession of faith when I was four years old just because I wanted to be like my dad. Um, grew up in a Christian home. We had family devotions. I would pray with my dad next to the bed. Half the time I'd fall asleep because he'd pray so long. Um, my mother... Uh, neither, neither my mother or father were from Christian homes. My mom's family background is quite unique. Her mother, my grandmother, gave birth to 15 children. Ooh. She's a Cherokee Indian. <laughs> the man she married fathered 12 kids to another woman and then married my grandma. My grandma came in that relationship with three, three, three children, my mom being one of them, and then has 12 kids with him. You can only imagine that household. <laughs> mom grew up rough, tough. Yeah. yeah. Um, I tell you that, you know, uh, most little boys fall on the playground or come home and mom is quick to pick them up. My mom was like, get up, toughen up. You know, um, that's how it was. I was always, my mom and dad, they sent me to school young. My birthday's in November. So I went to kindergarten when I was four. So my senior year in high school, I was 16, turned 17. Ooh. I was always the smallest. Uh, but again, had a lot of grit that my I got from both my parents. Um, fell in love with sports. Love sports from a kid was God bless me with some ability. Um, was able to do well at them. Did all of your brothers play sports? I didn't have a brother. I just had a younger sister. Oh, sister. Yeah. And uh, I think because uh, I was as by God's grace, dominant as I was, 
she didn't see it didn't come as easy to her okay although she was pretty athletic she was fast but she didn't care um i grew up uh, we moved from southwestern pennsylvania to scroon lake new york word of life my dad quit his job as an accountant at a for flew off trailers to go work for a Christian ministry because he wanted to use his gifts to please the Lord. So in second grade, we moved. And we stayed there until I was uh, finished my junior high school. And then we moved in between my junior and senior high school down here to Clarkson, Pennsylvania, so my dad could go to Bible college. Mm-hmm. We moved, you know, right after my junior year, I had some aspirations of college. Um, moved to a Christian school. <laughs> was that Here. was that move from New York to Pennsylvania between your junior and senior year? Was that hard on you? Do you remember that that moment, uh, or making new friends, or I didn't care. I mean, yes. I mean, you make the most of the way things are, yep. right? Yep. Uh, so. You know, I was excited for a new opportunity. Um, we got here, then I played 13 basketball games. Now, the Christian school I had gone to up in New York was a small school, but it was very it had a very good athletic program. Good coaching. Um, great coach, basketball coach. So, you know, I played soccer, basketball, baseball. Um, We moved here, um, graduated from college, had an opportunity to go to a school in New York State. And uh, right at the end of my senior year of high school, we're practicing for a state championship. And uh, I come down on a fast break drill, nobody's around me. And I messed up, I I basically did a, a Gordon Hayward. I planted my foot, nobody was around me. And I picked it up. When I picked it up, I dislocated it and broke it at the same time. Um, at the same time, I, my dad's an accountant, so I had saved up money for college. I had amassed back in 1987. I had about $20,000 saved up. That's pretty good. Um, my dad invested it. It wasn't FICA protected, and it went bankrupt. I got 1,200 of it back, okay? My grandpa died, my dad's father, who I was very close with. Those were all big things in my life. Sports was everything to me. Uh, I don't think at that moment I was a believer in Jesus Christ. I did all the right things. I knew what to do, but um. I didn't have a relationship with God. It was more of, I was able to check the box in front of the right people. Graduate from high school, go to college. I'm gonna go play basketball. Um, Was there not many days and left. Come back on my foot's in a cast. Um, Come back get a job working and my dad is going to Baptist Bible College. And so uh, 
yeah, I'll go there. They have a pretty good basketball team. I'll go there and play. So uh, went to school there um, as a physical education major. Hey, me too. Me too. And um, by God's grace, was able to make the basketball team as a freshman and, and play. But more importantly, I got saved um, second semester during our missions conference. Ooh. And I decided I was done playing what the game of, you know, just very unfulfilling when you live a legalistic life. And I wanted a relationship with Jesus and I wanted to use the gifts and talents that he gave me to point people to him. So uh, went through Baptist Bible College, had the opportunity to, to be a part of teams that traveled in the summertime and did basketball camps and did ministry. And I got to see all those things uh, as a new, I mean, a new believer as far as relationship, but I knew the word of God. I memorized it in, in a wall and I, and Olympians, all the programs, youth group, but um, it was not real to me. And uh, went to school there and watched God change me from, you know, my motivation for why I did what I did. Um, met my wife when I was in college. I was a senior. She was a freshman. I robbed the cradle. <laughs> um, and uh, we met, started dating. Um, I graduated. And then uh, we got married uh, two years after I graduated. Uh, I graduated in 92, and we got married in June of 94. Um, after I graduated, I got a job working at a, at a Christian high school, Christian uh, elementary school, teaching phys ed here in Clark Summit. Okay. And then I, I was assistant. What attracted you to physical education? Did you just want to play sports and be involved in yeah. sports? I was that kid. I probably would have been diagnosed with ADHD as a kid, but my dad beat my butt and told me to sit down. I got tired of getting smacked in the behind, so I sat my butt still. Yeah. Um, just like sports, I like to move. Yeah. I like teaching. You know, the, uh, the details of teaching a sport, I love it. Yeah. Um, so I got a job teaching in a Christian school. And then was an assistant basketball coach here at BBC. At the same time or? Yes, at the same time. And I loved it. Yeah. I loved the opportunity to go scout and game plan and um, the gentleman I played for here at BBC, Russ Howard, he left after my senior, after our senior year. And he went and coached at another school. Um, we won a national championship our senior year for Christian colleges. He left, took another job. So the guy who was a legendary coach for many years, he had left, came back as a vice president. So he started coaching. So I was an assistant for him. I never played for him. Uh, a guy by the name of Jim Huckney, great coach. Russ Howard was a great coach as well. Um, and the influence of those two men was great in my life, especially Russ Howard, the guy I played for, taught me that you could be a man and love God. And you could play sports in a aggressive, physical, self-controlled way. And I loved it. You know? And uh, 
I made some mistakes <laughs> and he was patient with me and taught me, uh, called me partner. He, he, he passed away December 27th of this, of, two, of 2020 uh, as a result of, he got COVID uh, and then got an infection after COVID and it, it took his life. So sorry he, to hear that. I am too, because he's such an impactful man, impacted so many people. But because of him, I wanted to get involved in coaching. And so I coached with Coach Huckabee for two years, and he's discipling guys and get involved in their life, and I loved it. And then I was, for two years, I was his assistant, and uh, they decided that maybe he should make a decision between either being a vice president or coaching. Ooh. And he decided to be a vice president, and he recommended me. So when I, I got named head coach here when I was 24 <laughs> and had the privilege to coach here for 20 years. Yeah, and I was given my first two years were, I guess, quote, unquote, probation. Because like, I, I was, had a little bit of reputation. I was mouthy, cocky, tough, rough, you know, quick to fight. Um, it was all God working in me. Uh, so, uh, and I'm so thankful to coach here for 20 years. Uh, left here after 20 years uh, to go be a principal at a Christian school in, uh, outside of Schenectady, New York. And um, was there for four years and God put it upon our heart to come back here. So I came back here as a role of uh, relations and recruitment administrator. And I got the opportunity during COVID. They needed a golf coach and I like to golf. <laughs> so I've worked, I'm one of those guys that self-taught, ask a lot of questions of people much more knowledgeable about things than I am. Yeah. But I get better. Um, met my wife in college. We had six kids, uh, a boy, three girls and two boys. And I'm so thankful for them. So thankful for her. Um, being a coach's wife is not easy. Yeah. And, you know, we had six kids in nine years, so you can imagine. <laughs> and I did a variety of jobs. Like I worked maintenance. We were dorm parents, worked in admissions all at the same time and coached. Yeah. So a lot on the plate, but yeah. thankful for her. Do, do you have any, any tips for the coaches out there on how they can better show appreciation to the wives or husbands if it's a female coach um what what is something that maybe you do um just to show that appreciation that hey i see you and i i i appreciate all that you're doing so that i can you know pursue my my dreams i think the first thing i would say is identify you know gary chapman wrote a book the five love languages identify what your spouse's love language is and try to do it once a week And then the second thing is carve out time for them, um, both your spouse and your children, so they know you're important. You know, it doesn't matter. Um, you know, we, I remember one time we won a huge game. And my little girl caught a frog outside. You know, it was how, how there was a frog in Northeast Pennsylvania. <laughs> At the end of February, she caught this frog and she wants to show it to me as the president of our university, our college, is congratulating me. And she said, excuse me. 
So I stopped my conversation with him, got down on my knee, and she got to explain, you know, she's probably three or four years old, explain <laughs> to me this fraud. I was like, yeah. <laughs> I think it's important that they know outside of God, they're the most important. Um, I've had the opportunity to, to speak God's word a lot. And my dad has told me, make sure that you don't need to go five steps into a room to talk to a kid before you get in the car and drive two hours to speak to kids. Uh, I just think invest in your family and make your family part of your ministry. Like my ministry was coaching basketball. So my family was part of that. It wasn't two separate things. It was all one thing. You know, I got stories where the guys taught my kids things they shouldn't do. I got to discipline my kids. There's college guys crying, you know, because, you know, of course the kid gets disciplined, comes out, sees the guys and does it again. And back in we go, you know, so just good things. Yeah. You, you mentioned in, in the story that the coach, um, the coaches taught you how to, you can still be a Christian and still fight hard and play hard. Do you think yes. that? In today's society, there is that idea that if you're Christian, you you're not supposed to fight back, or and you know you're supposed to just be kind of you know in in uh, quotation soft. Yeah. Well, I think if I'm going to speak honestly, we have a lot of parents that make excuses for their kids. Yeah. Instead of you know. The helicopter parent has been re replaced by the snowplow parent and they remove all the adversity as a parent. I wanted to put adversity in my kid's life. And as a coach, I wanted, I wanted practice to be the adversity in your life to give you the skill set to walk with through it with you so you can overcome. Um, yeah, I, but we've earned it. I think we've earned a reputation in soft. Yeah. You know, we, we whine, we complain, um, toughen up. Yeah. You know, get purpose. And I think that's all part of Satan's uh, plan to get up us, get us off focus. You know, the, the scriptures are clear, focus on Jesus, the author finish of our faith. And so many things distract us. True, true. Yeah, I I did not grow up on a Christian household. Uh, I'm originally from Brazil and I grew up in a Catholic family, but we would just go to church once or, or twice a year. Um And then I came to Liberty as a freshman and got exposed to this, the, the Christian atmosphere and idea. Um, and at first, that's what I thought. I thought, you know, you, you cannot be fierce and be a Christian at the same time, you know. And, um, and I'm, I'm thankful that I had some coaches and some players in my life that taught me, like, no, you, you can show emotion, positive yes. or negative, um, as long as it doesn't hurt you know, your testimony or, um, you can show emotion. Um, and if it, as long as it doesn't make it all about you too. And so that, that helped me. And that's what I keep passing on to my players is you can be fully Christian and a fully a fighter and, and fight to the end and give it all, you know? Amen. Um, well, we're told that in scripture that whatever we do, we give everything we got. For the and we got. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, I'm with you. I, like it comes natural to me to fight. Yeah. Yeah. Um, However, you know, I had to understand the motivation behind it and make wiser decisions on what to fight for. <laughs> That's true. That's true. 
Um, do you have any um, books that you've read maybe when you're a younger coach or maybe that you've read recently that could help other coaches um, develop in their faith or develop their coaching? Um, some, some books that have maybe impacted you. Well, from a coaching standpoint, you know, I coach basketball. Morgan Wooten wrote a book, Coaching Basketball Successful. Books by John Wooden. You know, I, I, I consume those. Um, had a relationship with a guy by the name of Don Meyer who has passed. And he was very kind to me. Um, he influenced me a lot as well. Um, read a book by Ken Blanchard and Sheldon Bowles called High Five. The magic of a team working together. And they tell Ken Blanchard tells a story while he makes his point, and it was fantastic. Um, it's about a, it's a hockey story. I, I don't want to ruin it for you, but he uses the acrostic puck to make his point. Okay. And, you know, I was that kid. You motivated me by telling me I couldn't do something. I'm going to die trying. And I want to shove it in your face when I'm done. Like you told me I couldn't do it. Yep. Right? Uh, kids aren't motivated like that today. Yeah. Very few kids, you know, you get into them, there's not a lot of fortitude in kids. And, and parents don't want that either. And this book uh, years ago helped me um, change some things. Um, My Walk with God, The Pursuit of God by A.W. Tozer. Yeah. The Problem of Pain by C.S. Lewis. Um, Desiring God by John Piper, uh, books that have helped me in my walk. Uh, I love Swindoll's series on, you know, he wrote about Joseph and Moses and David and Paul. Uh, I love those books. Um, yeah. But of course, the book that, the Bible. Yeah. Is the book I like to get in and dig. No, yeah. No substitute. No substitute. Um, I want to read a quote to you by a former player. Um, it says coach show impacted a number of areas in my life and really helped me understand how similar athletics and a Christian's walk with the Lord is to be a good athlete at the college level. It is important to be tough minded, resilient, and detail focused coach show was able to show the necessity of these things in the life of a believer. He showed me that in order to be a growing Christian, loving husband and caring father, I need to apply these same attributes to my life. That came from former player, now your AD. Um, <laughs> how, how does that make you feel knowing the impact that you've had in the lives of so many people throughout your whole coaching career? Blessed. Thankful to God that he used this, you know, a little guy who's hot-headed, stubborn, tough-minded for his honor and glory to impact people for our for the Lord's kingdom. Yeah. Blessed. Thankful. Yeah. That, to me, the when I when I think of success is when a former player calls to share something exciting about her life, regard you know, with nothing to do with tennis. You know, I got my dream job, I'm getting married, I had a kid, or um, because then you know you you made an impact. You know, I think sports is very important in winning. It's obviously it keeps our jobs. And it does all these things, but changing 
changing those lives, affecting those lives positively for, for God is uh, what well, always drives me. You know, sports is extracurricular, right? They're student athletes. Yeah. But you choose to do a sport. You kind of got to go to school, right? Yeah. So, you know, dad used to tell me, he, he who holds the gold makes all the rules. <laughs> I just remember, you know, thinking, you got all these guys that want to play. And what I want to communicate to them is how important their relationship with God is. If I can do that, you know, one of the things God blessed, I was able to do when I worked here as a coach, I met with each guy each week for half an hour. You have 16 guys, it's eight hours outside of practice. And I would get to know them. Um, we had a list of questions that we would work through. Uh, the first one was, how are you doing reading your Bible? And when I would recruit kids, I would ask that question. Well, every kid says good. <laughs> but good is defined differently, right? Yep. So I just wouldn't accept good. Well, how many times a week? You know, two, three. One. So it opened up the conversation like, hey, if you had one meal today, is that a good day? I don't know about you, but three is three square a day is good for me. <laughs> Sometimes four, right? <laughs> so it allowed me to show them the importance of getting in the Word of God. And then I'd ask them, what are you learning? How do you plan to apply it? And I, I wrote everything down. And then when a kid was done, I'd hand him the notes. So they could see, you know, how, how you apply it to your life. And then I would hold them accountable to that that week. Uh, how, you know, how are you doing? When's the last time you talked to mom and dad? Because I think it's important that yep. coaches model. I'm, I'm 51 years old. If I don't talk to my dad every day, I talk to him five times a week. And he asked me tough questions. Still, he's 77. He's going to be 78 here in nine days. Um, I think it's important that the coaches teach kids. And sometimes you got to help kids learn how to talk to mom and dad. You know, uh, ask them how their grades are. I, I, I knew the answer to that question <laughs> before they answered it. But I, it was a good opportunity to build trust. Yep. Um, I asked them what I could do better. I asked them what they thought they could do better. Um, we would pick something for me to keep them accountable to. And then we'd pick something they could keep me accountable to. And then we started this, we would pick something that we would deny ourselves for the week. So uh, it became... You know, the first week of February, I would take cold showers. <laughs> I hate, you know, it's just learning for your mind to control your body, right? Yeah. Uh, I think that's important to teach guys. You know, some guys wouldn't eat after a certain time or not eat, not drink soda, yep. not eat candy. Um, I thought it was important. So we would do these things together, hold each other accountable. I had all the notes. So next meeting, hey, I remember one time we won a, we won a game. And uh, it, I made the statement to this one guy that I'm not going to eat past nine o'clock. Well, the game got over. 
We drove a little bit out of the way. It was 9.30. We're stopping to get something to eat. I didn't eat. And for him to see me do that, he's like, he takes this for real. Yeah. Because I know he didn't eat till since noon. He's hungry. <laughs> yeah. Um, it was good for them to see that. And I, I mean, you don't do it for them to see. You do it because it gave you work. Yeah. And then I, I would, we would have prayer requests and I would pray with the guys. And we keep meetings for half an hour. We really wouldn't talk about basketball. We just talk about death. Yeah. Pray and keep it down. And, I, and it was great for me because I would pray for my guys during the week and have it right there. And it just it built great relationships. That's great. Well, now, up. I don't Go want ahead. you to think I was demanding as can be. Like I, I got on people and I, and I yelled and I challenged. Um, very demanding, very hard, tough. Um, but it's because I, I love them. Yeah. If, if, if they know where, where your heart is and where you're yes. coming from, that there's a book called The Speed of Trust yes. by Covey and how yes. that just facilitates everything when we know where people are coming from and they're much more, um, they, they allow you to hold them accountable more easily when they know that you truly care about them. Yeah. Well, Coach Ho, I know you're busy. I know you coach several sports and you're an eight year administrator. So I don't want to take too much time um, from your time, uh, from your day, but we would like to ask you, how can we be praying for you? And then we'll, we'll finish up. You know, being a husband and a father, um, to be sensitive to the needs of my family and my church family, wisdom, discernment, and, you know, quite frankly, I am supposed to, you know, at this time of COVID, uh, probably one of the main things in my job is to travel to go to schools to meet people, and that's not easily done right now. So to be creative in my job, to be effective. Yep. And I'm not very technologically advanced. <laughs> so okay. some <laughs> All right. let, let me let me close out in prayer then. Dear Jesus, thank you so much for this conversation with Coach Show. Thank you for the impact that he's made over on the lives of so many athletes through over 20 years of coaching and being an administrator, Clark Summit, and in other schools. Lord, thank you for his leadership. Um, pray that you allow him to be the best husband, father that he can be, that he will be sensitive to the needs of, of his family, of his players, of his church, and that you'll put him in situations where he can uh, continue to remain faithful and show others how to have a great walk with you, Father. Um, allow him to be effective at, at his jobs. Allow him to have discernment and wisdom so that many other people can come to a relationship with you because of what he is doing on a daily basis. In your name I pray. Amen. Amen. Gian, uh, man, love that. Thanks so much for Coach Xiao coming on the podcast and sharing with us many, many takeaways. But um, what really struck me, in addition to just the toughness factor, was how he was spending 30 minutes a week with each player, uh, about eight hours of his week dedicated to just one-on-one -on -one chats. I loved his questions, um, but that really struck me. 
Yeah, we. I've been trying to be more proactive in finding that regular time with our athletes too. And I have eight girls, and so um, it it kind of hit me. It's like maybe I should be spending a little bit more of that time into the girls. And I've gone. I've gone in a big big shift in my my coaching philosophy of don't focus so much on just x's and o's focus about their you know focus on their lives academics how how are they feeling how are they doing because that makes a big difference in the end and the pressure moments if the athlete really cares about you and about the mission of the university then they're more prone to really battle through it yeah and for me thinking about i have 22 players on my roster this spring and uh, there was a practice last week where i went about 45 minutes straight off the court and uh, doing nothing with tennis. And it's all more counseling, listening, um, praying with players. And I uh, love, love being in that moment because I feel that's exactly where God, God wants me to be is just to be there for the players rather than doing more uh, developmental stuff on the tennis court. I'm sure we gotta, gotta help the players train up too. But uh, yeah, Coach Shao, excellent, excellent interview. Do you have any other closing thoughts, G-Man? No, my closing thought is the one that we always say, Chad, and we got some feedback about how great it is that we always remind people. And we like it because we remind ourselves that, and yeah. Coach, it is the fact that the mission field is right where you're at. Mm -hmm.